Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Songbirds Radio Hour. I'm your host, Reed Caldwell, and we're absolutely psyched to have Emily Wolf here with us on the show this evening. Aside from Emily Wolf being a killer guitar player, she is also a hell of a lot of fun to talk to. We caught up with her backstage right before her concert here at Songbirds on October 11th, 2023. We're going to share that interview alongside a playlist inspired by our conversation, including some live tracks from her performance that night. Get ready, because we've got some guitar nerddom heading your way. Emily tells us all about her new favorite pedal, why she just had to have a double neck guitar, and how she arrived at the sound for her latest album. For the music portion of tonight's show, we'll be playing a selection of Emily's tunes from all three of her albums. We're also going to feature a few songs from her performance here at Songbirds. And we're even going to throw in some Jewel and some Rage Against the Machine, you know, to keep you on your toes. So, without further ado, let's get on with the Songbirds Radio Hour. Here's Emily Wolf. Listening to the Songbirds Radio Hour. We're backstage with Emily Wolf here at Songbirds, and we're so happy to have you today. Oh my Welcome gosh. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. I love playing this play. All right, well, uh, let's talk about what do we want to start with? Why don't we just start kind of back it up a little bit? Tell me a little bit about you grew up in Texas. You started playing guitar at a young age, like really young, like five or six mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Maybe just talk about like, you know, kind of your first you know, getting into the guitar and how that happened. Cause that's pretty young to want to yeah, want to learn to play the guitar. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was like, cause I remember the first time I saw a guitar I was in a thrift shop and my mom and my sister were with me. I don't really re- remember why we were in this certain shop, but I looked down the aisle and there, it was a completely empty shelves, but there was one little harmony guitar and it was like kid size. It was like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life and I'd never seen a guitar before and so I had to like figure everything out about it that I could and I begged my mom to get it and she got it for me and from then on like the progression of the years like the next one the next guitar that I got for a Christmas or birthday was a, a Strat copy <clears throat> called the Slammer Hammer Slammer Hammer I yeah those. Slammer Hammer and that so that was like the electric guitar beginning journey for me but yeah, every Christmas or birthday after that, I would ask for something musical, you know, sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. Um, but 
it really came from that one guitar sighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The harmony. The harmony. I still have it. It's in two pieces, but I glued it back together. Right. Yeah. So it's like a three quarter size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably honestly like smaller than that. It's like, cause it's, it looks like a toy, but I remember actually it making like real yeah. sound. So do you remember like the first, I remember the first time I put together some notes or some chords into a sequence and made a song that was like an actual song. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like uh inner Sandman or something like that. Some, some, something very distinct, you know, you could recognize. And I remember the feeling that I got when I played that. Do you remember, do you remember when that happened? Yeah. It feels like winning a game. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, I did it. You know? Cause I remember the first thing that, that sounded like music that I played on that guitar was like some kind of acoustic riff from like a jewel song that was popular at that time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember what song it was, but you I remember save your soul or one of those. Yeah. I think it was that actually. It was like, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. it was like, and I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world that I had done that. And so I had to chase that feeling from then on. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some nerd out there is like, that's not even the name of that song. Cause I'm sure that's <laughs> not the name of the song. Who, who it's everyone knows that song when you say who would save your soul or whatever the name of it is everyone knows everyone's gonna everyone it's like stuck in their brains I, I was in a I was in a band around that time and I was in high school and we we were forced to play that song a bunch of times really and yeah our That's lead singer loved that song and we so we played that over and over again wow yeah and uh what's nice. that nice is it? But who will save yourself? All right. Well, there you go. We <laughs> played that and some no doubt. I think. Oh yeah. But I do remember. I do remember those. The feeling you get when you first, when you play that, you put those notes together and they make something. I just think that's like a special thing. And we see it all the time with our guitar for kids program when, you know, kids learn a guitar and they might learn a chord or two and that's fun. But as soon as they learn like, uh, you know, back in black or something that's like recognizable or or like uh, they really like uh, Seven Nation Army. Yes. Play that and they're like you can just see the 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 love for music, the glimmer in their eye, you know, they're just like, Yes, this is yeah. amazing. And that's just what makes guitar so spectacular is you can you can play something really cool quickly. Yeah. So it's like a really cool thing to kind of pick up because you can even if you only are big five years old and you only make one note, you can still play something cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, talking about like a cool melody line, talk, talk some about, about your own melodies and which ones you think are like super catchy and, and, and stick in someone's head, like who will save your soul or whatever. Maybe not as annoying as that, yeah. but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jewel. I will. I love your song. I'm, I'm sorry. Man, that's a great, great question. Um, there's one song that's on my new record coming out next week called walk in my shoes which is um based off of the tempo and chant that i heard at a protest um in downtown austin
was um, after Roe v. Wade was overturned and it was a bunch of women all together, like so many women and men and all kinds of genders and people were all together in downtown Austin and they were all chanting at the same time, my body, my choice. And so I recorded that and on my phone and like the tempo of it was just really like interesting to me. And so a, a melody grew out of that tempo and it's like 115 and then and then there's a disco beat in it. And then so I picked up a guitar and just something kind of naturally came out. Um, this riff, like a fuzz riff. And it's just this like mean kind of Queens of the Stone Age meets like Jack White thing. And then it's in drop C. very you know much about the protest how we were all marching and walking and trying to like get you know the congress and the people who make the laws in this country to walk in our shoes and um you know allow bodily autonomy to be a thing for women and um so that that song to me is is my my goal was to make it really catchy because i wanted the message to stick in people's head just as much as the melody does. Um, so I think that is probably my number one in terms of catchy melody. Um, and then there's several others. That, I don't know. I just like, I think my influence from Motown is like, that's why I love me melodic hooks so yeah. much. Cause it's just like, if you have a song in your head, like you have to listen to it, you know, it's yeah. like, you just got to put it on. So if, if you can kind of finagle people's brains in a way to, force them to listen to it because they can't get out of their head that's like my goal yeah <laughs> earworm you know just yeah. get in there this is the songbirds radio hour we'll be back with more of our chat with emily wolf in just a second here is friendship train by gladys knight and the pips
is the Songbirds Radio Hour, and that was Emily Wolf's Missionary Son. If you're just joining us, we've been talking with Emily backstage at Songbirds this evening, and let's get back to the conversation. Talking about protests, I think it's really interesting. We've done a lot of research here and a lot of exhibits and things about using, uh, you know, how music arms people to have a voice and protest and it's been used that way for countless decades. And I think that's a really great thing. And just, you think about like Woody Guthrie and, you know, some of the stuff that he, you know, um, you know, the, uh, the little slogan about, you know, death to fascists or what, uh, what is it? This machine kills fascists. Yeah. Like that, you know, those kind of things. And I think it's, that's a really cool thing. So maybe, maybe talk a little bit more about how, how, why the, the guitar is so such a powerful medium to kind of, protest and and voice your opinions about things in a in a very unique way yeah well guitar there's so many things you can do with it you can speak a language that doesn't use words and you can move people with like a bend or a fuzz pedal like to me the most exciting thing is fair is pairing a fuzz pedal with a drop c tuning it's like because it's immediate aggression and immediate like rage and to me I connect with that so much because I feel like kind of as a musician who happens to be a woman and happens to be a guitar player it can sometimes come across as um I guess too much if if uh, if you know someone like me who looks like me were to be aggressive on stage like sometimes it's it it comes across as like oh that's a little too much but for me it's like that's the kind of thing that I'm attracted to in terms of like that's what I want to do um that's what I want people to see because it is it is a stereotype that I really want to help break down and you know like for a, a woman to be aggressive on stage it's like that's awesome to me yeah. you know so I feel like 
using the guitar in a way to break down a stereotype instead of like getting on a soapbox and saying things like I'm, I'm doing it my way, which is through music and through playing guitar. Mm-hmm. So this is another song called Silencer, and it, uh, it's the third single from my next record. And I love playing it because I get to play the double neck on it. And um, it's a lot of fun because there's so many guitar parts in it. Um, and the theme is is very much like it's just a big middle finger, you know, to <laughs> anything anything bad in your life. It's just um, it's it's like it's about stepping into your power, essentially. So, uh, yeah, I love playing it. If you if you have to be totally honest, did you write this song just so you could buy or justify having a double neck? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I actually actually got that double neck because I wanted to play the slider, which is a T-Rex cover. And I have it in drop C, the cover of it that I do. And so I do the main rhythm part on drop C on the six string lower part and then the solo um, on a standard 12 string part up on top. So it's really fun. Oh, that sounds fun. It is fun. I guess I never really thought about that song being on a double neck. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, makes sense. Songbirds Radio Hour. Here's Emily Wolf playing T-Rex's song, The Slider, live at Songbirds. I do think it's interesting to think about, you know, because that used to just be like women on stage playing guitar in general is 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 some big deal or whatever. Yeah. And now it's you're kind of it's kind of even getting down to the point where it's like, OK, we can accept a girl playing guitar. But if she's going to play guitar aggressively, that's 
but you know that makes me feel weird yeah. i don't know what i don't know what it is but maybe talk a little bit more about that pushback that you've gotten about being a you know a woman that plays guitar and you play guitar aggressively maybe, yeah. maybe elaborate on that a little bit because i think that's super interesting we have a lot of you know young female uh guitarists coming up learning and there's not a whole lot of you know people out there playing women playing aggressive and the ones that are are few and far between sometimes and it's really powerful to hear from people and why they do what they do yeah i think it's playing aggressive to me is like the only way i know how to play um because there's something there's something about a huge heavy guitar that i love because it's such a struggle and a, and wrestling with it on stage is like something that i love to do because there it allows me to really connect with the emotion that put me in a songwriting mode in the first place and so just ripping on stage it crosses it it blurs the line between you know aggressive rock coming from a man or whatever gender like and coming from a woman because traditionally there is like you know a lot of times people unfortunately think you know because I'm a woman I'll show up and they're like where's your acoustic guitar and I'm like no no, no I've got a double neck and it's in dropsy <laughs> and let's go you know and so it's fun to to surprise people in that way because it does kind of shock them out of the um I guess the the mentality that like they're gonna see what they're used to seeing which is a singer-songwriter lady on stage you know pouring her emotions out in kind of a sad way which there's nothing wrong with that but for me in order to kind of change the world which is a huge thing to want to do I understand that but it's like in order to change music and and allow more people in and pave a path to any type of person getting on stage and connecting with their um most darkest you know rageful emotions like I want to do that and so if I can help pave the path in any way that's what I want to do and so for me like playing aggressive is just so much fun and a lot of times the stage people see the stage is like oh do you get stage fright do you get nervous like you're so vulnerable up there and but for me if I go into this place of like okay there's no shame in anything I feel then it allows me to just create without any kind of barrier or box around it and I, I encourage anyone to do that because it's just so much fun and it's such a relief and like people love to see it you yeah. know like it's it's so raw and to me that's what I connect with the most and um it seems to be what other people connect with too yeah I agree and I think I think it's really cool to ha kind of have that experience of playing guitar on stage, especially a really loud guitar. Yeah, that's like <laughs> aggressive with a lot of fuzz because you don't. And people people that might think you're out there by yourself and you're vulnerable and you're out front. I, from my own experience, I can say when you when you fire that guitar up in front of you and you've got you you stomp on your fuzz pedal or whatever you, whatever your favorite distortion pedal is and you get one good just strum on it it feels like you have a weapon in front of you mm -hmm. like you're not there by yourself you're here with all this all this noise and all this chaos that you can just rain down and it's, yeah i've never once like i've been on stage before i don't really get stage fright that much but i've you know i've been nervous about stuff like when you i, I acted in a play or something like that but like getting up there with a the guitar never because you just got so much power behind yeah. it and it's so great it's such a powerful feeling yeah, it really does feel like a weapon. Because, yeah. like, even when I walk on stage 
and I ha- don't have my those like that 20 seconds before I put my guitar on I'm like oh but then I put it on and I'm like, all right, let's go. I might and, fall down. You know, and then you, yeah. yeah. And then you hit that chord and you're like, I got this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good awesome. to
Songbirds Radio Hour. That was a live cut of Dead in Luck by tonight's guest, Emily Wolf. Let's hop back into the interview. It's funny because I feel like a lot of these we talk about they always slip into the to the this power of music thing talking we always end up talking about that but i feel like it's such a crucial aspect of why music's so important to our culture is the fact that it is powerful it's powerful because what we talked about earlier because you can use it as protest or you can use it to you know bring uh you know listen to or express a view that may not be heard otherwise um you can use it for self-confidence you can use it to relax you can it's just such a powerful thing and it can speak in so many ways it's just it's a pretty unique thing and i think that's why we always kind of go into that mode of like this is such a cool powerful thing yeah it's funny you say that because when was it last week um I got this like cold call to open for tool (laughs) in uh, in colorado oh that sounds fun and i was like let's go so we drove 15 hours there from austin to do it and it was unbelievable not only because we got to play before them and open the show but because we watched the show after and their show was so moving i didn't know a single person in that city in that venue nobody but my band and watching tool play their show on stage for an hour and a half i felt so connected to all seven thousand people in that venue and i was like what other thing does that like i don't know of any other art form that can do that in in this way like i mean people were people felt so close to each other because this music was so cool and like yeah. the visuals were so awesome and the band was just so great and so yeah i mean again it's it's a powerful thing like the the, the ability it has to connect people from everywhere you know I feel like a lot of the connection too probably for me it comes from like authenticity from the performance and it's like i don't know it's just it's interesting because you can you know when you're when you're looking up on stage as an audience member you can really see whether or not a person is up there for the love of music or up there for other reasons and to me the the most connected i've ever felt at the show is because i'm watching somebody do something that they were meant to do like yeah. they're up there because they like have to do it you know yeah i feel like it's when those there's just those certain bands that you see and you're like well these dudes or these people and whoever they are 
uh, we're definitely meant to find each other. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like what they do when they come together and the power that they can bring out. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So um, cool. And it, I, I think I love that. Well, there's, there's a few bands. I mean, like I, I remember going to see Rage Against the Machine when I was in high school or maybe college. And I feel like that was one of those experiences where it was probably about 8,000, 10,000 people. And, uh, man, they, those guys blew the roof off that place. And you're just like, you watch them and they're just look like they're having, you know, just such a good time doing it. And they're doing it so well and yeah. so cohesively. And it's just such a powerful thing. And you're like, man, this is, uh, is unreal. So cool. Well, let's talk about some gear. I yeah. know you're, you're kind of like a self-proclaimed uh, gear lover. Uh-huh. Let's just talk. What's, uh, what's uh, your favorite new pedal you're working with? My favorite. Or wait, are you like contractually obligated to say that? No, <laughs> not <okay>. at all. <laughs> all right. No. Um, my favorite new pedal. Man, I think it's this. I've got. I've got a bunch. It's hard to pick just one. I think it's the Ibanez Mini Analog Delay. It's really tiny, but it's got such a cool... It's so cool. Because, like, you know how the carbon copy, like, you can get, like, really wild sounds with it when you, you, like, max the feedback out and then do the delay time really low? So this analog um, delay by Ibanez is, like... It does that like tenfold. It's just so cool. Yeah. And it's like my favorite. I love a delay pedal. I know. It's funny because it just seems like, all right, what does a delay pedal do? It just kind of repeats. Some people, if you just like the basics, just like kind of repeats and fades out. Yeah. Um, And I think, but that's just like the bare bones. And you can make it do some awesome stuff that mm-hmm. really, especially you start syncing with the time, with the with the time signature of the song, it really can bring out some really cool stuff in it. And that's when it gets super fun when you you're playing some simple little line, but the, if you set the time right, it feels like it's just this infinite repeat thing, and it yeah. sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. I love a delay pedal. There's a song called "Heat of the Moment" from my first record that we uh, been playing live, and there's like a new section. Like we, you know, if you play the same songs for ten years in a row, it's like, all right, how do we spice this up? What do we do? So. We added this like instrumental section in the middle of it, and it's just like a four on the floor kind of thing. And then Evan on bass just like rides one note, and then it's space delay stuff. And I yeah. just do whatever. <laughs> and, it's yeah. like, and then and then you make noise, make noise, yeah. and then with this pedal, and then like leading out of the part, I'll I'll make sure that I I set it so that it sounds like a race car like revving up. And mm-hmm. then it'll go all the way to this part and then just like cut out and it's like really like soft and then it builds the dynamics back up. But it's a lot of fun. Cool. 
Songbirds Radio Hour. That was Emily Wolf playing Heat of the Moment while showing off her favorite delay pedal. We've got more music and more interview coming right up. You, you can tell when someone's super into pedals by how, how long they spend on the floor touching the knobs <laughs> yeah. during a show. Are they down on their knees? Like yeah. really like they're praying to these pedals? <laughs> then they're a real pedal guru. That's, that's when they really love them. And down there almost kissing them. Just like, wow, these are amazing. Just licking that pedal board. Boy, oh, I love this thing. It's amazing. Um, so I was, uh, listening to, uh, some of your older stuff and then I was listening to some of your newer stuff today and I was just wondering, I was, it seems like from the first album to the second album, you went from, there's a lot of, uh, a lot, it's, I feel like the first album is more guitar driven and the second one is still guitar driven, but it has like some synths and some other stuff in it. Um, maybe talk a little bit about why that is and what you you know why you made that choice and then kind of how that plays into this new album that you're kind of coming like what are we what can we expect are we expecting some to kind of go back or where you yeah it's interesting man the i feel like the musical evolution that i've gone through is pretty pretty kind of all over the map like the first record was produced by ben tanner from alabama shakes and he played hammond keys in alabama shakes great producer um and a lot of it was very kind of watermarked with like the the soulful blues thing that comes from alabama where he's from and i love that record um i think we did some really cool stuff with it so it's definitely rock really guitar driven Fight 
But then I started to kind of, after that record, I started to venture out and kind of listen to all different types of music. And um, the producer for the second record was Michael Schumann, who plays bass in Queens of the Stone Age. And so he has a side project called Mini Mansions that I love, that I really got really into. And that's why I asked him to produce the second record, and he was into it. So um, he showed me all these different types of synths, and I just didn't realize how cool some of those sounds were. So I, I, we had like, I threw them on, on a lot of the second record. Um, and I did a lot of, a lot of writing for the second record, but I hadn't finished the songs necessarily until I was in the studio. Mm-hmm. And that it was kind of a stressful experience to record that record because of it, because I like to have everything done before I go in. So that brings me to the third record. It's like, okay, I'm going to step up and produce it myself with the knowledge I've gained from Ben and Michael and kind of find the in-between from the first record to the second. And so there's guitar all over the record. It's very guitar-driven, but it's mostly driven by um, hooks, and it's very based on, like, how good could I make these songs? And so everything is, is really... Um, kind of tightly mapped out and I had all the all, all the songs demoed out for the third record just done already and the way that I produced it was I had all the all the demos done and before I went into the studio um, I muted the drums and bass that I had recorded on the demos and played everything else through the speakers so I could hear the drummer and the bass player playing in the tracking room and hear the takes and not have to worry about performing at the same time. So we essentially built the the entire third record off of the demos that I had made already. Um, But there are a lot of sounds that I kept from the second record on the third record. Mm -hmm. So there's some cool synth parts. Um, But I think my my goal for this one was how good can I make the songs? Primal need 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Songbirds Radio Hour. We're excited that you're here at Songbirds, and we're always happy to have you back. Thanks. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I'm going to miss this location, but excited for y'all's new one. The new one's going to be cool. Yeah. We're excited. Can't wait. Yeah. So just uh, got a new album out. Tell us a little about it. Yeah, so I produced this record. It's It's been out uh, for a few weeks now, and um, it's called The Blowback, and I wrote all the songs, and I produced the whole thing, and... Uh, it's kind of my debut as a producer, and I'm super proud of it. Um, I'm going to be touring on it in Europe next March with the Gaslight Anthem, so I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, just keep on rolling, <laughs> you know? Sweet. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you tuning in to the Songbirds Radio Hour this evening. Next month, we'll be featuring Screaming Females. Watch out for that episode on January 13th at 7 p.m. right here on WUTC. Radio Hour is made possible through a grant from the Riverview Foundation. If you'd like to attend a live taping of the Radio Hour, please visit songbirdsfoundation.org for more information. This episode was produced and written by Reed Caldwell and John Dooley. Live recording by Con Munson. Additional thanks to Victoria Sauer, James Snyder, WUTC, and of course, Emily Wolf. Directed, edited, and mixed by John Dooley. <laughs>